0: Anyways, Laura, is it good? Can you hear me? Um, so I'm in here Um, this is a quick stream it is 9.49 at night I actually started five minutes into this stream because I was having some technical difficulties so either way um, this stream is actually not an ascension stream or a prayer stream Um, actually tonight I had an idea to do something a little different Um, I was thinking about um Two ideas. Uh, the first one was uh, the strength in communities and the strength of um, uh, our Christian church, our church body, and um, I think what is happening in our society right now is an indication that we are people that are divided. And even if you go even further than that, our churches are divided. And I think a part of that is, I'll say this over and over again, a part of what's going on is we are inundated with the culture and too much of our lives are being led by what the culture, or what the world is, is kind of leading us into or kind of uh, speaking to us. And we're so informed by how the world is operating, we're less informed by um, the, the, the kingdom lifestyle that the Lord has for us. Now, um, two things that I wanted to talk about. The first thing was um, our witness to the world, I believe, has to be one of unity. And that has been from the beginning of this little journey that the Lord has had me on. I've noticed that our churches are fragmented and they're little pockets of your Holy Spirit, you know, wackos that seem to get drunk in the Spirit every time they step into the church and they're always talking about the Holy Spirit. And then you have your folks that um, will talk about the Holy Spirit in hushed tones, you know, Um, because in some ways, they want the fullness of what other people are getting. However, they don't want to look weird in front of the people that are saying, look, the Holy Spirit is um, not in, in the season that we're in right now. Um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and all that stuff, uh, can you ground it in the scripture? Or can you ground it in finite, you know, systematic theology um, to the point to where can you um, manufacture this Holy Spirit thing that you're talking about all the time? Now, it's not all cut and dry, and there's not only three segments in the church, but the point is, is that I, I believe somehow there is still um, something informing most of the church, a good number of church people, that um, Jesus and, and Yeshua and Holy Spirit is for this amount of your life, for this portion of your life, meaning when we get in a tough period, when somebody's sick, somebody's dying, then we will call on the name of the Lord, right? However, there's a there's a lifestyle that says, Jesus is over here, um, my Bible reading time is over here, and everything else is is here, right? And what I'm getting to this, the, the, the podcast or the, the name of this session is Mind Your Kingdom Business, right? And the point of that is, you know, All facets of our lives are supposed to be uh, encapsulated in a life that is after the heart of God. So uh, the scripture, you know, a man that I love dearly, he's a saint, and I feel like I know him because I've read the scriptures, trying to um, live like him, is a man named David. And David, um, you know, he was imperfect. He wasn't always, um, I would say, in, in alignment with the Lord. He had his, his, his moments in life where he saw himself as the apex of, of his, his circle, and he got clouded by his own vision. I can count that happening at least two or three times in his walk, or four times if you look at the scripture. Um, the cool thing about David is that we have a full story of one man um, in the Bible. Now, we have other people in the Bible, but we have a full story. We see David as a young boy. He's maybe 13, 14. He's in the fields with the sheep. He's uh, we, we read about his some of his exploits. We see him with Dave, a giant, the giant, Goliath. And then we see him learning to become a king in the desert, in the wilderness, with other outcasts, with other men who followed him because they saw something in him that was different than what Saul was exhibiting, which is a man that was after the heart of the people. So nonetheless, his his business, David's business, his life uh, work was to worship unto the Lord and to have every fiber of his being um, uh, centered on... Uh, allowing the Lord to use him, right? So you know, when I say mind your kingdom business, you know, I am a I'm a businessman, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, by these earth terms. But honestly, I'm just a man who there's something that's been set before me, and I'm working it to the best of my ability. You know, I'm working it in conjunction with the people that are my life. Uh, it's a business that I. with my wife it's a business that you know there are people that work alongside me that are also kingdom-minded and um, and 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 all of this is to say that when we have ideas when we are doing things in this little sphere of our life we're operating under the Lord saying this is yours I'm stewarding it it's yours what do you want me to do with it now back to the unity thing Every part of our body, every part of our life is about pleasing Him. So the, the business part is pleasing Him, right? And my personal life is to please Him. And so is my church life, my relationships, the fellowship that I have with people. And, um, you know, right now, I think something that, you know, is, is being triggered in me is we have... A big situation going on right now with uh, politics. Um, We have two sides of uh, the coin, you know, um, people divided on maybe four topics. And then we have, um, you know, we have the race issue, we have abortion, we have um, the, the cops, you know, defund or do we just reform? Um, we have the LGBTQ, uh, transgender stuff. Um, and inside the church, everybody sees us differently. So we don't even have to see outside in our society to see that there's some issues going on. But we, we look at you know our church and we cannot, for the life of us, get it right. Because I believe in every sphere that we're operating in, we're not after the heart of God, as a whole. There's lots of people that are like that. I'm learning to be like that. Nobody's perfect. But what I do understand is that the, the life of a believer, the life of a worshiper, of Yahweh, is to say in every situation, how can I honor you, how can I love you, and how can I be about your business? In this in this sphere of, sphere of education, um, politics, religion, entrepreneur Business, finance, uh, uh, the healthcare system, whatever it is, it's are we operating with integrity? Now, I mentioned the first thing just because it's something that I'm I'm touching on personally, not me personally, but somebody you know that's close to me is dealing with having to, um, you know, say, okay, God, have I have I honored my uh, the relationships before me? Have I stewarded it properly? Have I said this right? Have I done this right? How can I, in grace, uh, create, uh, foster this relationship? And, you know, um, not all relationships, uh, as you know, uh, go the way that you want them to. However, we can always be striving to say, okay, how can I end well? Or how can we love each other well, right? Because there's people in the body of Christ and there's people outside the body of Christ, people you work with, people you see down the street people that your neighbors with you might not get along with you know there's just people like that and it's okay but the Lord isn't saying we have to you know all get along and be singing kumbaya but we all have to honor that creative spark that's in that other person meaning the breath of life is in that other person so somehow we're linked to that person by way of the Holy Spirit we're breathing living and breathing whether they believe in Jesus or not they're breathing By the power of God as well. They just don't know. Now, I that's that's the first thing, the unity thing. I just, you know, I I, I could talk about this even longer, but I think at the very least, my exhortation, if that's even the right way to put it right now, is, is ask the Lord first off, who is in your life that you're supposed to be ministering to? Um, and then Who is in your life that you're supposed to be in fellowship with and community with to where it's an iron sharpening iron type of moment, right? And then, you know, you might want to ask yourself, who do I need to forgive? You know, who do I need to, uh, the proverbial put at the cross, who do I need to say, okay, this is God's son or God's daughter and I can't get along with them, but I want to bless them and I want you to do your work in me and in them. So that I am not bound up because that's the biggest thing I feel like um, is causing us to miss the, the communicative uh, link between brothers and sisters or people across the aisle is we're not praying for one. Another. As Christians, we're not praying for the other person. We're just seeing them as labels. So whether they're the transgender or whatever it is, or they're a person that's a Trump voter or whatever you want to call them or um, the person that loves Biden, or just the dude that just kind of like is, is is angry and bitter, that those people need the love of Jesus. We all need the love of Jesus. And, the, you know, Jesus is saying to us all, we all have to have our boxes shattered, our paradigms, our systems shattered, because all of them are of the earth, Right. So I believe at some point in time, we have to understand or get into a a frame of reference to say, okay, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short of a kingdom lifestyle. A kingdom lifestyle is going to say, okay, God, I'm here for you and not for myself. I'm not for any of the empires I've been building. I'm not for any of the things that I've seen on TV or my neighbors or, you know, the things that I want to amass, you know for identity purposes or for safety and security, I'm not those things. I might have those things, but that doesn't make me, right? And so because those things don't make me, my political slant, all that stuff doesn't make me, that other person that has a different viewpoint than me, I don't have to feel as if they're coming against my identity or livelihood because that's not who I am. And you can even talk about my Jesus, and he's okay with it. You can talk about Yahweh. And he's okay with it because he knows that the heart of man needs Jesus, right? First point. Second point, and I'll make this quick. Uh, second point is when, uh, you know, we're in our sectors, right? This is getting to the business part. Mind your kingdom business, you know, mind your heart before the Lord and judge not, you know, unless you want to be judged by the same measure. Like, here's the other part. Uh, you as a, as a, you know, this is an entrepreneur or you're in business or for other people or whatever you're doing, how are you allowing the presence of the Lord to be on you and in you and working through you wherever you're going? So this um, you know this, this talk or whatever I'm sharing this a lot of my ideas I will show you now, a lot of stuff that I've, I've gleaned, um, by way of leadership is that going to pop up for me? alright, a lot of cool stuff that I've seen you're not going to see my face for a second, you don't care anyways um, is, uh, let's see, The 7 Habits of Highly Effective People written by Stephen Covey right? and this book is mad cool because um, I, will have to, I will have to dive into that book at, at another point in time Just because there's so much to it. Um, But I can say in essence, he's basically saying uh, people are going to thrive if you set up, set yourself up for success in uh, uh, making sure that your goals uh, are first set up right, your character set up right. Um, your integrity set up right um, you know, you you have your pyramid of life that's the best way to put it, set up right who's at the top? as a Christian, the top is, is Jesus or God you know, the Holy Spirit, three in one next is you you know, are you taking care of yourself? are you eating right? are you working out? you know um, are you reading the scripture or reading books or listening to podcasts? Are you working on the inner, right? Cause it's not about the outer Covey, uh, what he, a lot of what he says is there's been a move. Um, it, it, it's probably still going on actually, cause this just how we are as humans. People have been behaviorally changing, uh, and looking better on the outside, right? And so people are driving nice cars and, and buying big houses and, um, they might even have the money for it, you know, and they might be going into debt, you know, but they're doing it because what they're trying to say to other people is that I have made it, or uh, even when they go in for uh, you go in for um, interviews, right? People present them their best selves, but you're only seeing what's on the outside. They're answering prompts and they're giving you their best, you know, their best, you know, 20-minute uh, spiel of, of how they can improve your process in your business, but that's not who they are completely. You don't really know who they are unless you go and see their wife and their kids, maybe look at their bank account and their spending. I mean, one's going to do that, but it's like one of those things, like who are you when you're not presenting, right? And so Covey, he talks a lot about that and you know some other stuff that I won't go into now because um, I'll touch on this other book called Good to Great. And Good to Great... Is the, So these two books have been, they were instrumental. Can I, am I slow right now? Okay, here it is. So, good debate. Jim Collins. Now, both of these guys, I think Covey was a Christian and this guy's a Mormon, but God bless him. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but I, I believe that, you know, the Lord uh, can use anybody. Now, even we if we have a different view of who Jesus is and afterlife, and Yahweh, and the three in one, all that stuff, one thing that I do know is that kingdom principles um, won't lead you astray, so uh, Good to Great is about, um, and he, you know, I don't know, even know if he talks about God in the book, I can't remember, but uh, what sticks out to me is he was talking about leaders um, stepping up into a place of uh, wanting to serve the people that were you know, in their midst, right? So, so Covey talks about relationships. He talks also about uh, honoring the people that are in your circles and not allowing work to overtake your life because what's the point of working anyways? What's the point of owning a business and all that stuff? Those, you, you know, even at the beginning of starting a business, you set the right goals. You set the goal of not getting rich, but you set the goal of, you know, doing a good job, running a good business, right? Now, uh, back to Jim Collins, though, he talks about um, being a good leader and wanting to make everybody around you better. So that means that uh, there's open communication in your businesses, right? There's open communication at the table of of decision makers, whoever they might be. And even from, um, from the bottom up top down, you're hearing everybody's ideas. Now, obviously... The janitor in your company might not have an MBA or whatever it is that you got going on with your business. However, if he's if he's got something valuable to say and, um, you know, he says, you know, hey, I saw that the mops are cheaper here and they are more absorbent and da-da-da-da. You buying the mop that you, the janitor told you to buy could save you a million dollars because he's mopping properly. And the water's not slick on the floor, and somebody doesn't bust their butt, and they don't see you, right? It's stupid stuff like that. But you never know, right? Having expertise, all the expertise around you and listening to it and utilizing it is gold. Because what it does is it puts you in a place of honoring the relationships, humility, and saying to yourself, you need the people around you because you can't do it all on your own now you're you know there's some very bright people out there that can run companies with uh, making all you know all the decisions and calling all the shots but the other point to what Jim Collins talks about is how are people going to grow if you don't give them a shot to operate in the space that you've created for them as the uh, assistant VP to market or whatever it might be right or or you know, you're a five-person team, and you got one person that does marketing, and one person that does sales. You know, how are you going to allow them to grow? You know, how how you know how are you gonna uh, show them the ins and outs and the ropes, and then have them grow if you're not allowed them to do the job. Meaning, they got to be able to make mistakes, and you got to be able to honor that relationship and love them through the mistakes. So knowing that, okay, they might mess up, they might have, you know, there might be um, some things that don't get done the way that you want them to get done. However, they're going to figure it out eventually. If they're capable enough and you've hired correctly, you've built a team around you that helps you and that fosters uh, the better part of your own abilities, if you've done that right, then that means that the people that you put in place will benefit you in the long run. So the cost-benefit analysis is that when you have five people that uh, are in it for the long haul, they love their jobs, they love the work environment because they know they've got a leader that stands behind them that wants to help them grow, is not afraid to lose people, is not afraid to be shown up or have people be smarter than them or whatever, then they're going to work for you. They're, gonna, they're not going to care about pay cuts or um, not making as much money as their friend that does the same job down the street. They're not worried about that because they know that their friend that works on the shit and makes more money doesn't get along with their boss, doesn't like the work environment, you know, all that stuff, you know, it all goes into it. And back to, you know, our kingdom values, that is a part of um, being a kingdom minded entrepreneur, uh, employee, whatever it is that you're doing, or, or you work in a church. Are you creating a space where people can thrive? Are you creating a space where people can learn? This is, you know, whether it's a church or a business, I believe that's the thing that's killing people right now is they're not allowing the resource that God has given them to flourish, right? So um, a lot of churches, the way they operate now, and this is falling away, there's two pastors or three pastors, Sometimes four, right? If you're a bigger church, and you got a family pastor, youth group pastor, got the counselor-type pastor, and you got the pastor that actually does all the preaching, right? And everybody kind of you know mixes and matches and does it, you know, takes takes a, a one sermon every other, you know, whatever it is, you know, you get you get the idea. Um, there's one person that everybody likes to hear preach, and then there's a couple people that you know people take them, they, you know, whatever it is. The point is. There are, in most churches, There are probably about, besides the pastors that actually get to speak, there's probably about two other people, three other people that are, very, that are overly qualified to actually also run that church. And on top of that, there are probably two other people in the church that would love to learn how to operate in that capacity, right? They're younger, they're thinking about maybe doing seminary, but they might have a family, or you know, they, they might even be their a major, whatever it might be. How do we facilitate as a church the growth of those people that aren't preaching on every Sunday? You know? Now, um, I believe, you know, not everybody is supposed to be leading a church. I believe that there's people that are operating in other spheres in the media, for instance, the media sphere, they're doing a wonderful job of reaching Thousands of millions of people, right? They didn't go to seminary, but the Lord is using them right where they're at. You know, so it's not to say that you have to be in the church and doing whatever it is um, that people call quote unquote ministry. But what I'm saying is, how are we going to find the next pastor, right? The next pastor of this church or or that plant. You know what I'm saying? Um, Some churches do a really good job of it. They have some, you know, stuff in place to kind of grow people, right? Um, but my thought is, is besides people that are, that are wanting to be pastors and all that stuff, uh, the big thought is, how are we increasing the hunger in our brothers and sisters that might want more, but don't even know that they want the more, right? I believe. And this is the last thing of, of what I have to say is this, you know, all that I've talked about, whether it's church or businesses or whatever it might be, our our minds, our hearts, all that we are, we have to be engaged with envisioning uh, what the Lord is building. Okay, so at some point in time, you know, we have to not just be about working and doing ministry or whatever with these end goals our end goals what we perceive is supposed to be happening so for instance we're not just doing church to uh, to win souls and, and get churches bigger right um, I think what we're trying to do is equip the people that we have right now because a part of what we're missing is actually going out you know and making the disciples and uh, and creating relationships and fellowship I think we understand ourselves to just be able to bring people to church and then let the pastor do the work right but the point is is we are all made in the image of Jesus so no matter what we're doing and where we're going and and, in the spaces that we're in I believe there's coming a time where we're gonna have to start understanding okay God you're doing something bigger and I want to know if I'm missing the mark. I want to know if my goals align with you or if there's something in my goals, you know, my set of you know, things I want to do that are more a cultural thing, right? So for instance, who, who said that we have to um, uh, build missions committees to go overseas, right? Who said that? Our mission is at home. Right? Alright, so I'm going to end this podcast. Jesus be with you. Jesus be on you. And Lord lead you wherever you go. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody who's watched this. Let them be blessed. Let them be led in the spirit. And let them know that you love them. You've called them and purposed them. Or business, all sorts of ventures. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Peace.